Good evening and welcome to our debut show, the UEFA Champions League, the show for champions, the show where champions are made and the show where champions rise up to the biggest occasion. Indeed, tonight, wherever you are joining us, welcome to the show. And I start tonight's show with this quote, that champions are made from something they have deep inside of them, a desire, a dream, and a vision. Yes, for tonight's program, we'll be looking at the story behind the UEFA Champions League item, anthem, how Manchester United beat Manchester City to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, inside the behind-the-scenes story with a very key person who knows all the details. And as well as we'll be also looking at the best uh, goals from each of the match days so far from the 2021-2022 UEFA Champions League. And uh, so far, there have been four match days. So we'll be looking at um, the top goals for match day one, match day two, match day three, match day four. And yes, another UEFA Champions League legend and Premier League legend returns to the Premier League as a coach. And guess who this is? It's Liverpool's Steven Gerrard. He, tonight, today, uh, Liverpool's um, legend and um, former Premier League player Steven Gerrard got off to a flying start um, in the Premier League as a coach with a 2-0 victory over uh, Brighton. And um, tonight on the show, um, we have his reactions and um, what he thinks of his journey as a coach. And uh, later, we'll also take reactions from Europe's top five leagues. That's from England, from Spain, from Germany, from France, and from Italy. From Italy. So tonight, wherever you are, wherever you are joining us, um, this is the debut UEFA Champions League show. And thank you, Araba, for joining us. And um, we hope others will also join shortly. And um, we go. So we go straight to our item for today. For today, we go straight to the story behind the UEFA Champions League anthem. And it was composed by Tony Britton. Tony Britton. We hear from Tony and what he makes um, of the UEFA Champions League anthem and the story behind the anthem. Let's take it out. It continues to be a very special and beautiful anthem for all of us. So listening to it when you come out is something that really motivates you. After the World Cup, it's the most important competition in football. It undoubtedly moves people and raises emotions. And it makes you feel more motivated every time to get on the pitch with a stronger will to win, because it's a spectacle. The Champions League anthem never fails to galvanize, inspire and send heartbeats soaring when it sweeps over the continent's greatest stadiums. But where did this iconic score start out? UEFA.com travelled to London to find the roots of the most famous piece of music in European football. Hi, I'm Tony Britton. I wrote the Champions League anthem. We're here at Metropolis Studios which has been linked with the anthem over many years, both recording and mixing. We're going to go in and find out how it all started. Mm-hmm. 
it's terrible to have to admit it, but at the time, which I believe was probably early 92, uh, the Champions League job was another job. I had a commercials agent at the time, and she got the, the job to pitch ideas at Team Marketing, who run the competition and kind of set it up, really, I believe. You know, for, all they knew was they wanted... they knew was they wanted something anthemic, something had some sort of dignity and power to it. And so she played them lots of ideas. They picked on Handel, and she came back and said, I think I've got a job for you. And the whole load of elements were all coming together, the design element, um, uh, the star ball, um, which is obviously another really crucial part. It all came together very fast. And I think between the folks in the team in UEFA saying, oh, we like the idea of a sort of Pandelian anthem, and delivering it was probably no more than six weeks. When you get briefed, and it's specific, as it was in this case, which was, we really like Handel's anthems, Adolf the Priest. Uh, it can be a problem because uh, it's rather like when you're doing a movie and the producers have worked with what they call a temp track. They've used bits and bobs of music just to give a sense of, of narrative flow. And they turn around and you write the score and they say, yeah, but it doesn't sound like the temp track. Well, no, it doesn't. It sounds like my track. Really, there, there is only one element that's Handelian, which is rising string phrase, which happens at the beginning of the piece. The rest of it was just simply an inspiration. It just was in the back of my mind. That style of music, I don't think... I, I didn't actually sit down and say, well, I like that chord, I'll steal that. You just play it from the, play it from the top. You see, that's the bit that I am unjustly accused of nicking from Handel. Although, to be fair, it is nicked from Handel. Say the phrase. Is, um, is, is that because the brief was to make it sound like a Handel anthem by any yes. chance? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's a string arpeggio. It exactly. It's very Handel-esque. That's what I want to hear, yeah. Um, and, of course, it underpins the vocal line, which has got nothing to do with Handel. But it is, that's, that's the element that defines it, the Zadok Priest. If you ask the man in the street what it's about, they would say, the champions. Yeah. But I think if you took any of those little signature trumpet phrases, you took the opening, people would say, oh, no, it's Champions League. Yeah, that, that's, that's the hope. Hypnotically memorable. See, it's quite simple. It's how it flows. These are the champions. Well, it couldn't be easier, really. And it's quite interestingly simplistic. I think that's probably one of the keys to it. I mean, it might not be a, a, a strand of melody mm. that you remember like a pop song, mm. but the fact that the actual harmonic progressions blocks. are blocks, mm. Mm. I think that's probably what does it, actually.
I, I did it in a fragmented way. So I just took a whole load of English superlatives. I mean, that was the key word. I had to express something different, more special than anything else. Um, and, it's, and it's in the translation process. Uh, I got a guy, a professional translator, and I said, tell me literally what the meaning of these words is. And then tell me alternatives, which are maybe not quite so literally word for word. But, so some of these, I mean, I'm no linguist, but some of these are perhaps slightly more approximate, but they have the right ring to them. Again, ce sont les meilleures équipes. Ce sont These are all actually just translations of sentences that I wrote in English. And of course, if you'd sung them in English like that, it sounded ridiculous. Maybe they sound ridiculous in French and German. <laughs> no, I've rust. never actually asked. I've never dared. <laughs> what happens with the Champions League is that it, I think it took some season for it to catch on with the fans. I think the players got it pretty early. Because there is something very uh, special for them, because it it gets blasted out literally just before kickoff, and particularly at the final. I, mean, I can remember some some years ago now. Um, there was the final, was it uh, San Siro, and it was between Bayern Munich and Valencia. I think yes, and I can remember two things that really made me excited. One was conducting the anthem live in front of our many million people and watching Stefan Effenberg, the rather rather a bruiser as I recall. He was quite he was renowned for being a real hard man. He's standing five feet from me, very scared, and then it was just this big smile and thank you at the end of the anthem. I thought, well that's good, it's done it for him. idea that it would a still be used nearly 20 years later or that it would have um, become synonymous with the brand to the point that I, I gather I'm pleased to say that when a, a very major brand branding company did a sort of analysis of what worked and what didn't work with Champions League, the thing they said was that the music was its strongest element, was it important to the Champions League as the colour red is to Coca-Cola, which made me very happy. So yes, that's Tony Britton um, telling us uh, the story, the true story behind the UEFA Champions League anthem, which is also the signature tune for our show, for our show, for our show. And for the purposes of clarity, we'll take that anthem again together with the keywords and the lyrics. We take it again.
the first versus these are the best team, the main event, the masters, the best, the biggest teams. The champions. Okay. A big gathering. Yes, these are the lyrics, the champions, a big gathering, a big sports event. And this is all what the Champions League is all about. It's a gathering of the masters from Europe's best leagues, competing for the most prized trophy in club football, which is the Champions League. It's the gathering of the best and the best of the best. Yes, so that's the story behind our signature tune and the anthem of the UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Champions League. Um, Tonight, we'll be going on to the next segment of our program, where we'll look at how Manchester United beat Manchester City, their fellow City rivals, to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, to sign Cristiano Ronaldo in the transfer uh, for the transfer for the transfer for the transfer this window that's last summer and uh, one key person who was very instrumental in that and who knows all the inside story is Fabrizio Romano and um, we'll take the soundbite from Fabrizio Romano to tell us how Manchester United beat Manchester City to sign Cristiano Ronaldo enjoy I am Fabrizio Romano, and this is the real story behind Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford. When Cristiano Ronaldo joined Juventus three years ago, more than three years ago from Real Madrid, the message was so clear from both Juventus and Cristiano, we want to win the Champions League. Then what happens? With the COVID financial situation, Juventus are struggling on financial point of view. They wanted to sign every single summer a top player to build a top team, and they do it with Cristiano Ronaldo and then with Matthijs De Ligt from Ajax for 75 million euros, one of the best centre-backs in Europe. Then the plan was to sign Paul Pogba from Man United, so they had a plan year by year with a top star every single summer. But then with COVID, it's impossible to sign Pogba from Man United because of the financial situation at Juventus, and this is why the team started to struggle in the league, and this is why Cristiano Ronaldo is not 100% happy about his Juventus 
life. Juventus changed the manager after Maurizio Sarri and after Andrea Pirlo, Massimiliano Allegri is back. He's the manager who won all the last titles as Juventus manager. He won everything in Italy with Juventus. So for Juventus was a strong message to say we want to win again, but Cristiano Ronaldo was not 100% convinced about the team. The problem was not about the manager. He was convinced that this Juventus team was not prepared to compete and to win the Champions League immediately. But he's playing the Euros with Portugal, he's 100% focused on the Euros. Then when he's coming back, the message from Juventus in public with their CEO, Pavel Nedved, with the people in the club, is only one. Cristiano is staying. Cristiano is part of the project. In July, there is a key day when Jorge Mendes, famous agent of Cristiano Ronaldo, is in Milan, in the centre of Milan, 10 minutes by walk from where Juventus directors are staying for transfer market meetings. In this moment, they have the chance to meet, but they are not meeting. And it is a message. Something is not going on in the right way between Ronaldo's camp and Juventus. Someone from Portugal is talking about a new contract for Cristiano, as he was out of contract in June 2023, only one season, something strange for a player like Cristiano. But the answer from Juventus is, we are not in talks to extend Cristiano's contract. We will see what happens. But the key day on this Cristiano story, after 20 quiet days in public, in communication and in the media here in Italy, about Cristiano Ronaldo, is the opening Serie A match for Juventus with Udinese. It's an important match for Juventus, important to send a message to the league, we want to win the game, but Cristiano is not playing. Cristiano is not a starter, he always wants to play if he's fit. So Cristiano will be always on the pitch. This is the message from the player after three years. So they know in Juventus how it works with Cristiano, but before the match with Udinese, Cristiano picks out with the manager, Massimiliano Allegri, and tells him, I want to start on the bench, I want to send a message, I want to look for opportunities on the market. From Juventus, they say that it's not true, that Cristiano is saying, this is the message from the club after the match and before the match, but during the match, Cristiano is not the starter. What happens? It's a Sunday, and during the night, Cristiano Ronaldo agent, Jorge Mendes, open talks with Manchester City. The only club really interested in Cristiano Ronaldo were Manchester City. It's something also surprising for the player himself. He was a Manchester United legend, and so being contacted by Manchester City is something completely new and maybe shocking for something close to Cristiano Ronaldo. For who is close to Cristiano, they were not expecting this approach. But Manchester City were focusing on Harry Kane deal since weeks and weeks, since months, since June, and they've been not able to reach an agreement with Tottenham. And this is why Harry Kane says, I'm staying at the club, I'm not leaving, and Manchester City opens up the opportunity to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. The negotiations start on a Sunday night after Juventus match. It's not an easy negotiation because Manchester City are only offering him one year contract and he's asking for two years contract. About the salary, everything is not 100% agreed. So the negotiation is not starting in the right way, but behind the scenes of this negotiation, there is part of the board of Manchester City. It's not in Manchester City style to sign a player with Cristiano Ronaldo age and for this kind of money. It's something really new to Manchester City and this is why part of the board of Manchester City are not 100% convinced about this signing. It's Monday after the Sunday of Udinese Juventus match 
and the negotiation goes on between Manchester City and Juventus, Manchester United are not in the race in this moment. They are not even thinking of signing Cristiano Ronaldo at this point. It's Monday and Manchester City and Ronaldo still negotiating through George Mendes as agent, but they have no agreement on the contract and the intention of Manchester City is not paying one single euro to Juventus as fee for Cristiano Ronaldo. Juventus are replying, we want Gabriel Jesus as part of the negotiation or 25 million euros. Manchester City say, impossible. We only pay Cristiano salary. We are fine with this. We are not paying any money. So the situation is really tense between Cristiano, Juventus and Man City. Cristiano is pushing to go. And this is why on Wednesday, Jorge Mendes, his agent, goes to meet Juventus in Turin and he tells them, Cristiano will not play anymore for Juventus. And it's over between Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo. Juventus are in a difficult position because they don't want to accept to not receive any money from Manchester City and they are still waiting to see what is going to happen between Ronaldo and City on the contract. But it's really strange when you try to negotiate for a player like Cristiano Ronaldo to take three, four, five days before reaching an agreement. On Wednesday night, Jorge Mendes has the idea. He starts to talk with Manchester United. Manchester City are not closing on this deal. We have the opportunity of signing Cristiano Ronaldo for maybe 25 or 20 million euro. We can negotiate with Juventus. But why are not thinking about this possibility? In 10 minutes, everything changes for Manchester United. They were thinking of signing a new midfielder, but when they know about the opportunity of hijacking the Cristiano Ronaldo deal with Manchester City and bringing Cristiano back home, the feeling is incredible into the club. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager, immediately says yes. The board immediately says yes. It's time to talk with Cristiano. Bruno Fernandes calls Cristiano Ronaldo directly to tell him about Manchester United new atmosphere. Bruno, of course, knows that Cristiano knows Cristiano Ronaldo. Manchester United is something legendary, so he knows about Old Trafford and the club. But the atmosphere right now at Manchester United after signing Varane, after signing Sancho, is something special, is something so positive. This is why the club are prepared to do the impossible signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, something real. And Bruno knows that Cristiano is prepared to say yes Everything happens in 24 hours because in the morning, Cristiano Ronaldo goes to training to Juventus, but he's not working with the team and he's going to talk directly with Massimiliano Allegri, telling him, I'm going to leave the club. I'm not staying at Juventus. I want to go to Manchester United. Man United during the night prepared all the contracts to have everything set with Cristiano Ronaldo himself. And then in the morning, Manchester United sent their official proposal to Juventus. It's 15 million euro plus 8 million euro add-ons, but paid in five years. It's a masterpiece from Manchester United on negotiation point of view. During the afternoon, Cristiano received the contract and decides to accept this proposal. So when he received the call of Manchester United, he was buzzing and prepared to accept. After 10 minutes, he said yes. He called Bruno Fernandes and everything was in place. Two days before he was close to join Manchester City, two days after he joins Manchester United in a shocking comeback for the fan base. Part of Manchester United legendary people like Rio Ferdinand, Patrice Evra, Sir Alex Ferguson himself, they were approving this move, talking directly with people in the club and with Ole. They were all excited about the opportunity of re-signing Cristiano Ronaldo and looking at him not going 
to Manchester City, but rejoining Manchester United at Old Trafford. The incredible comeback for the player was more than shocking when Man United decided to sign him. He's understood to be really happy also together with his family to have the opportunity of rejoining United and of being back in the Premier League. This is the crazy story of Cristiano Ronaldo close to join Man City and joining Manchester United. The comeback at Old Trafford. Be sure to follow the channel, subscribe and comment. Yes, so that is the story of Manchester United hijacking Manchester City to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. What a story, what a story, what a story. And talking about Manchester United, uh, the, the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United has not been the best of returns. Uh, Manchester United lost earlier today to Watford. And uh, it's not the best for Manchester United. It's the fifth loss in seven games this season. In seven games this season. We hope Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United will bounce back to winning ways. Will bounce back to winning ways. As part of this show, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be taking a look at match day one, match day two, match day three, match day four of the UEFA Champions League. Um, we'll look at the best goals from, 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 from the first day of the, of, of, of the season to this point where we've had, so far we've played four games, four games, four games. So we'll take, we'll take, we'll take a look at all the games, we'll dissect it, we'll analyze it, and what the best goals are. So, if you wherever you are, where if you are, you are joining me, you are listening virtually, you are you are joining in live, you'll be listening later. You're welcome, and thank you for listening. Keep listening, keep uh, tuning into this show. It's the best show. It's the most exciting sports program where you can get the latest update on all the happenings in Europe's top five leagues. It's like we rightly said, it's the show for champions. In England, in Spain, in Germany, in France, in Italy. So we take the best goals for match day one of the Champions League. Four challenge. Oli McKaylee, Sterling takes the free kick quickly to Grealish. Gundogan. Cancelo! What a hit! And what a reply from Manchester City. João Cancelo. With a peach. That's been won back well by Cristiano. And that's a ribbon. Trying to get some players forward. Cristiano with a good burst here. He's a ball in. Oh, goal! Shall take the lead? It's a diamond for Yore. And an historic moment. Grealish from an onside position there. A little sleepy on the right side of the defence. Leipzig. Jack Grealish! Well, it was inevitable. Second goal in Manchester City colours for Jack Grealish. 20-year-old De, De, De Ketelera involved plenty for Brugger. Here's Mbappe. There's a swivel of the hips to get away from Mata. Oh. And there's the finish from Ander Herrera. All the big signings for PSG. 
but it's Ander Herrera who's been getting the goals for them this season. That's his fourth already. Sent forward by Martins Pereira. And there's room here for Shaw. Bruno Fernandes. Sancho in the middle. And there at the far post was Cristiano Ronaldo to find the back of the net before Van Barbos could get the ball away. It's a nice little pocket of space and Salamakas advances and that's beautifully played and Rebic has scored. Fabulous Milan equaliser Ante Rebic. It's 1-1 at Anfield. It's a beautifully constructed goal and a really fine finish from Rebic. for Aspilicueta in towards the Gargo. That's the mark of any successful side. When the chances don't come with regularity, it's about having the ability to take one when it matters. So after super thought for Sergen Yalcin. Jude Bellingham. Away from Warren, it's Bellingham across, of course, of course, Erling Haaland. At age 21, 21 Champions League goals. Quite stuff from the defenders. To Nasser away, Henderson! What a fabulous strike from the captain. Liverpool three, AC Milan two, Jordan Henderson. He's days there. He's Gnabry. Oh, cushion finish. It would have been a brilliant goal. Lewandowski, so cool. Lewandowski, so punishing, so clinical. Lewandowski again. Barcelona nil, Bayern Munich three. Bayern Munich look like a team that could go a long, long way in this competition. Bingo. Nice touch from him, and it's put away by Rodrigo. And there was one last chance, and Real Madrid have taken it. Yes. So those were the best goals for match day one. Match day one of the Champions League. Match day one of the Champions League. We take a quick, a quick recap of the, the results from each group. So we go to group A. Group A, those were the best, the best, the best goals from match day one. Match day one. Match day one. So for match day one, uh, Manchester City, Leipzig, was 6-3 in favour of Manchester City. Club Bruges PSG was ended in a 1-1 draw and Bruges, in Bruges, in Bruges for both. For, for, so it was a 1-1 draw, 1-1. And um, for Group B, we have Liverpool, Porto, Atletico, AC Milan. AC Milan. Um, Atletico, Porto ended in a goalless draw for match day one. 
Liverpool, AC Milan ended 3-2, 3-2 in favour of Liverpool, in favour of Liverpool, in favour of Liverpool. For Group C, we have Ajax, Dortmund, Sporting and Bashikstas. Bashikstas. Dortmund beat Bashikstas by two goals to one in Turkey, Istanbul. And um, Sporting Ajax ended 5-1 in favor of Ajax in Lisbon. In Lisbon. That's for match day one in Group C. For Group D, we have Real Madrid, Inter, Sharif. This is a very, very, very uh, uh, good team. Um, they're, they're the first, this is the first time they are participating in the Champions League, um, the first team for Moldova. And this team was formed in 1997. 1997. The other team is Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk is Ukraine. Yeah, they, were the, they are Ukrainian champions. And they've, all, they've, always, they, they, they've always taken part in the Champions League. So for match day one, Sharif pulled a surprise. Huge surprise on Shakhtar Donetsk, beating Shakhtar 2-0, 2-0 in triple. And um, the other group game, Real Madrid Inter ended 1-0 in favor of Real Madrid in San Siro. And San Siro. In Group E, we have Bayern, Barcelona, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev. And um, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev ended in a goalless draw. Bayern, Barcelona. Bayern beats Barcelona by three goals to nil at the Camp Nou in Barcelona, in Barcelona. Group F has Manchester United, Villarreal, Atlanta, and Young Boys from Switzerland. Young Boys beats Manchester United 2-1 for the first game of the UEFA Champions League season in Ben. In Ben. Villarreal, Atlanta drew 2-2, 2-2 in Villarreal, in Villarreal. And for Group G, we have Salzburg, Leo, Wolfsburg, and Seville, Sevilla, Sevilla. Sevilla, Salzburg, 1-1, ended 1-1. Wolves, Leo, ended in a goalless draw, in a goalless draw. And for Group H, which is our last group, it has Juventus, Chelsea, Zenit, and Marmo. And for match day one, Juventus trashed Malmo by three goals to nil in Malmo. Chelsea beat Zenit St. Petersburg 1-0 in London. In London. In London. So if you're just joining us, wherever you are, wherever you, you're listening to us, wherever you're tuning in, where, uh, virtually, live, or delayed, this is the UEFA Champions League show. This is our debut show. And uh, we hope you're enjoying the show. You're enjoying the program. And we hope we, you keep coming on to listen to our program and to tune in. We hope to have you live for subsequent shows, for subsequent shows. So we take reactions for match day two, the best goals, the best goals for match day two of the UEFA Champions League. And for the best goals, we have 10 goals. So let's take the feed. Set up for Tellez. What a goal for Manchester United. When they needed that moment of inspiration, it came in the end from the training ground. You said that Bruno Fernandes would be at the heart of it, and he was. 
with the execution of the free kick, but it was Alex Tellers. Till. Extraordinary. Chested away by Varane. Messi now. Kimi to his right. Mbappe through the middle. It's Messi. 2 to PSG. And a first in the blue of PSG for Lionel Messi. And what a goal it was. Did you expect anything different? He needs support. We need to see more of him on the ball. Juventus who kick off the second half. No changes made by Max Allegri at the break. He will have been impressed by what he saw. And there's a chance and it's taken straight away. Ten seconds into the half. Chiesa has backed. Juventus take the lead. That was a lightning strike. Hope forwards by Lamar, Renan Lodi in round the back. Danger! Oh, yes! What a way for Antoine Griezmann to get his goal! Rakitsky. Iroki. Can have a go. The substitute rocking. Beg your pardon, it's Satorman who scores. Kessie stood it up well. Tricky one to deal with. Rabich can't get there. Brahim Diaz can. Brahim Diaz carved it out well for Rafa. Little fat San Siro! needs some support. And Andrievsky has burst into the box. And now they've left the big gap at the other end. And Nabry is speeding forward. It's Nabry in the penalty area. It's an absolute cracking finish from Serge Nabry. Speed and precision from Bayern Munich on the counter-attack. Crowded out, Mario got a little touch on it, and it's knocked over the top, and the chase is on here. Darwin Nunez for Benfica, looking for a little bit of room, got the shot away, and Benfica are in front. What a start for Benfica! role that he's very familiar with and plays rather often. So many of these Bayern players are so versatile. That is a real help for Julian Nagelsmann. Here's Sane. Oh my word, what a goal! There's not many that hit them from there. Whether he meant it or not might be a big debate. 
but the goalkeeper couldn't get enough on it to keep it out. So those were the best goals for match day two of the UEFA Champions League. So we take the results for match day two. We start from the last group, the last group, which is group H, group H. So for match day two, Zenit St. Petersburg trashed Malmo by four goals to nil in St. Petersburg. And Juventus beat Chelsea by one goal to nil, one goal to nil in Torino, in Torino. In Torino and for group for group G we have Wolfsburg Sevilla which ended 1-1 Salzburg Lille ended 2-1 in favor of Salzburg for group F group F Atlanta beat Young Boys by one goal to nil Manchester United came back from a goal down to beat Villarreal by two goals to one in a famous victory at the Old Trafford. The Old Trafford. And for Group E, Bayern trash Dynamo Kiev, five goals to nil in Munich. Benfica beat Barcelona. Barcelona is really struggling this season. They've been a pale shadow of themselves ever since Lionel Messi left for PSG. Benfica beat Barcelona by three goals to nil and Lisbon, and Lisbon, and um, Group D, Inter, Shakhtar Donetsk entered, ended in a goalless draw. Sharif had a famous, famous victory over Real Madrid. They beat Real Madrid 2-1 at the Santiago Bernabeu in Real Madrid. Yes. And Ajax beat Dortmund 3-1 in Dortmund. Sporting beat Bashiktas 4-0 in Lisbon. That's for Group C. Group C. Group B, Liverpool beat Atletico 2-0 in Liverpool. Milan Porto drew 1-1 at the San Siro. At the San Siro. And for Group A, Leipzig. Yes, and for Group A, Leipzig, Club Bruch. Club Bruges beat Leipzig 2-1 in Leipzig. Paris Saint-Germain beat Manchester City 2-0 in Paris, where Lionel Messi scored his debut goal for PSG in the Champions League. For the purposes of time and maximizing our time, um, we'll, we'll discuss match day three, match day four on our next episode, which is on Tuesday, Tuesday, same time, Wherever you are, you are joining me um, on the African continent. It's 9 p.m. GMT. If you're in the U.S., it's 4 p.m. East Coast time. Wherever you are as well in Europe, it's 10 p.m. Central European time. So we hope you can join us on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, God willing, we'll discuss match day three, match day four of the Champions League. But at this time, we want to take a feed and um, uh, Stephen Gerrard's reaction 
um, to his time with Glasgow Rangers and his journey to winning the Scottish Premier League. And today, his first game as coach of Aston Villa. He's, he played his last Premier League game in 2015. And today, after six years, returns to the Premier League to lead Aston Villa to a 2-0 victory over Brighton. Over Brighton. We will take Steven Gerrard's reaction and what today's victory means for him, his journey, his, his journey as a coach with Glasgow Rangers and everything that pertains to his managerial career and all. So we take the reaction, we take the feed. Whilst we work to get the feed of Steven Gerrard, um, let's enjoy the anthem. So let's take Steven Gerrard's reaction and his journey as a coach in the Scottish Premier League and his first game as manager for Aston Villa and what it means for him. First player in training every single day. And if it didn't, I'd go home and think about it and try and do it again the next day. You have to be obsessed. Even though the, the your teammates, you've got to be obsessed to move them out the way. And once you're in, they're staying out the way and then I'm coming back. I, I keep telling myself, you know, I'm a young boy from a council estate who had dreams of playing for my hometown club. I think if, if I had to describe myself as a captain, I wasn't a captain that come to the dressing room and start throwing things about and pointing and finger and belittling people. In the future, I definitely have dreams and aspirations of having a go with the management or assisting the manager and being back involved in, in the dressing room. I think you'd have to do it your way, the way you see the game and use your experience as a player. I turn up to work on a Monday myself and, and I have values and principles in myself that I give every single day and then I take the Monday to Friday into the game. All eyes are going to be on you and all the pressure is going to fall on you to deliver. And that's what I live with every day. But what I will say is, that's what I love. I love that as a player. I always think to myself, I always want to be at a club where there's expectations to win. Because I think that's real. I think that's what I've always known since probably 16, 17 years ago. Just before kickoff, that's when you're getting them really exciting feelings. You're pumped up, you're fired up. But you're also getting the feelings of, I just hope to God that this goes our way because you know the consequences for the next few weeks if it goes wrong.
I think when you are a manager, um, if you're in my position where you're lucky to work with so many good coaches, you want to try and take the best of them all. The big goal for me is to create a winning team. I'm well aware of the size of this football club, the history and the tradition. Where Rangers Football Club, there's going to be challenges, and that's life. And we have the real Rangers back. The real Rangers is, is a winning Rangers. So I'm here to try and deliver that for the people of Rangers. Not personally for myself, I'm here for the people. I took over the Rangers team that's probably been through the worst pain and the worst suffer in its whole entire history. This is the moment, this is the feeling of representing this club in this badge that you have to go and grab this now. And um, that's all we've got to be focused on going and giving everything we've got and do everything we can in our, in our powers to try and make that happen. So that's Steven Gerrard telling us what his reactions are, what his thoughts are as he, as he takes a step in his career as a football manager and as a coach. We wish Steven Gerrard well. And talking about Liverpool, Liverpool this earlier today beat Arsenal by four goals to nil. Liverpool returned to winning ways, winning, winning ways in the Premier League and top of the Premier League table. Uh, just before we wrap up with the show and we take your phone calls as well, we also go to the German Bundesliga where and take reactions as Osberg claimed a stunning Bundesliga victory over Bayern Munich yesterday in the German Bundesliga. From the can, Pedersen and Iago. Iago to fire it in, and the chance might still be on, and this time it's been taken for Augsburg. Yes, that's the Augsburg beating German champions Bayern Munich by two goals to one yesterday. Yesterday, At this point, um, thank you, Araba, for listening. Thank you, Charlie, for listening. Um, at this point, I would like to pick your thoughts, what you make up to this show, what, what are your thoughts, what are your opinions, what are your suggestions. So if you don't mind, I would like to pick your call at this particular point. Hello. Hello, is this me? Hello. Yes, hello. Yes, we have you on the line. Araba. 
Okay, thank you for having me and great show. Know that I'm a big um, sports fan, but I think that it's interesting that today Messi has um, his first goal. I think we were waiting for that. So what do you make of that goal and how do you see the future of Messi with PSG and do you think PSG will win the league? Thank you, Araba, for the question and thank you for the phone call. So uh, talking about Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi was involved in nine shots during today's game against Nantes. Um, six shots, three chances created. His highest tally so far in the league se- this season. And um, it's refreshing to see him score his first goal that makes him the 17th player from Argentina to score for PSG. And um, I believe um, Lionel Messi and PSG, PSG will definitely win the league um, this season for sure. And uh, Lionel Messi uh, will, come, will come good this season in terms of um, his performance. I want, I want us to take a, a, a look of Lionel Messi's performances and goals uh, from 2009 until now. 2009, he scored 41 goals. 2010, Lionel Messi scored 60 goals. 2011, Lionel Messi scored 51 goals. In 2012, Lionel Messi scored 91 goals in all competitions. We are talking in all competitions for Barcelona at the time when he was playing for Barcelona. In 2013, he scored 45 goals. In 2014, 58 goals. 2015, 52 goals. 2016, 59 goals. 2017, 54 goals. 2018, 51 goals. 2019, 50 goals. And this season, for both club and country, he scored 40 goals so far. He scored 40 goals so far. So um, for a team, a team with Lionel Messi in there, his, 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 his influence can never be underestimated. And um, he's definitely going to play a huge part if PSG has to win the league this season. Yes. So thank you, Araba, for your question. I'll take... Charlie, would you like to would you like to, uh, to 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 ask a question? Would you like to would you like to give me your feedback, an opinion, a suggestion, a question? It would be nice to know what your thoughts are, Charlie. Hello. Hi, Philippe. Hi, Charlie. Good to have you. Yeah, no, fantastic episode. I've really enjoyed this. Um, my question is sort of tangentially related to, to, uh, to this topic, um, but more just in general about the, the sport of, of football. And um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on the news a few weeks ago of, um, well, just for some context, the, the FIFA video game has really um, has really given a lot of, of uh, brought a lot more attention to the sport of football internationally. Um, and a few weeks ago, it was announced that FIFA and EA Sports couldn't reach agreement on a deal um, for the, the FIFA video game. I'm curious what your your thoughts are on that. Um, and feel free if this if you don't want to, to comment, I know it's not super related to this show, but um, uh, just wanted, curious on what your thoughts are on that about the video game and, and FIFA and EA Sports. 
I think, um, it, uh, thank you for the question, uh, Charlie. Uh, that's a good question. That I know you're very interested in technology, and um, it's good to have that question. Um, FIFA EA Sports, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, of, 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 and I'm also uh, a patron of the game from EA Sports, and I've played FIFA over the years, and um, it's unfortunate um, both, both, both companies, uh, I'll refer to them as companies, uh, even though FIFA is a not-for-profit organization, um, these days the value of sports and business cannot be underestimated. And um, it's unfortunate both parties could not reach an agreement. And I think, end of the day, um, it's not in the best interest of both, both parties and consumers, and consumers at the end of the day, because uh, what it means is it, it dilutes the the value of the end product which is the game itself if they've not been able to reach a party an agreement and uh, to use the rights of the images of the players the anthem the jerseys and everything that concerns the the, the game in entirety and uh, so for me um as a consumer of the game and as a consumer of the product it's unfortunate and um i i, I think um it's it's it will dilute the value the value I, I I'm looking forward to see how EA Sports will navigate um, this challenge in the next few days and weeks. But um, otherwise, in my personal opinion, I think it's rather unfortunate uh, both parties could not reach an agreement. And end of the day, end of the day, it dilutes the quality of the end product, and uh, the cu- uh, customers end of the day will, will bear the blunt from both parties. I don't know if I've answered your question, Charlie. Yeah, no, that was that was great. I really appreciate you answering that and and I totally agree. It's a really big bummer and it 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 uh it really is gonna hurt all parties involved. And um and so I think that, you know, I think I think this might be a move on EA Sports part to just say they they uh they won't pay what they what uh, FIFA wanted, but um, I'm still optimistic that they'll come to the table and and reach agreement on something. Um, it's just all you know. It's part of the negotiation, and so um, we'll see what happens. But it was it was a uh, it was pretty pretty unfortunate news seeing at that. But I'm still optimistic that they'll be able to reach a deal because yeah, that game is just what it does for for consumers and and fans. And um, I think that it's not. I think there is correlation there between um, the rise of of the sport internationally and and the video game and and what it does for fans. So we'll see. Be interesting. Well, thank you, Philippe. And um, Charlie, just before you go, just before you go, what do you make of the show tonight? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and um, it was it was great, and and, and weaving in some some uh some external audio was a really cool cool way to to uh add some clips to the to the show um but i thought it was fantastic thank you thank you thank you yeah. um joe thanks for doing this yeah thank you thank you joe thank you for joining in i'm just seeing you uh, we are just about wrapping up i hope next time you tune in on time um the time for the show is 9 p.m gmt wherever you are joining us from and 4 p.m east coast time in the u.s 10 p.m. Central European time. And um, otherwise, I know, Joe, you are just uh, tuning in. But if you don't mind, you want to call, you want to give a feedback, you want to give a suggestion, 
Earlier today, we discussed the story behind the UEFA Champions League anthem, uh, which is our signature tune. We went deep into the transfer of... Uh, we lost Joe. We lost Joe. But it's nice having you, and uh, we, look forward, we look forward to having you on subsequent episodes. Um, just before we wrap up, and until our next episode, and uh, the timings for this show is on Saturdays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And uh, so our next episode will be on Tuesday. Until the same time, Tuesday, I leave you with our official sick tune and the official UEFA Champions League anthem, which is the champions. Thank you, Araba, for joining us. Thank you, Charlie, for joining the show. I extremely appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you and having you on subsequent programs. Until same time, Tuesday, enjoy the rest of the evening.